0: This is the Drive In Podcast. Take one. Bada big, bada boom. Welcome to the 78th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have a throwback review of The Dark Knight in honor of the release of The Batman this week. And speaking of The Batman, we also have 10 bold predictions for the upcoming film. So, use the bathroom now. Grab that popcorn and enjoy the 78th episode. Of the Drive In Podcast. Howdy duty, episode 78 of the Drive In Podcast is here. Shout out to Art Shell, Ricky Flex, Happy the Batman Week.
1: It's here. We have made it. We have made it to the best week of the year the Batman week, it's, it's a feeling that I cannot express in words and we're on a podcast. So that's not good.
0: I I just feel blessed that I have lived the two years since the first trailer dropped. And now I'm going to be able to travel to a theater with you, Ricky Flicks, two days ahead of the official opening of the Batman, mm-hmm. may I add. So we'll, we'll Avoid any spoilers. I know we got the review embargo being lifted tomorrow. When's the last time you were this excited to see a movie,
1: Ricky Flex? Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> um, Good point. Um, I think it's different, though. This is like the Batman. This is completely different. Yes, Batfleck. We get, we're getting a Batman or Batman later this year. So it's not like we're desperate. But this is the first Bat- sole Batman movie since 2012. It's been 10 years. So, yes, it's been a long time, but now it is time. And again, I cannot wait to see this. I will be going zero dark 30 LeBron style on social media tomorrow on Tuesday until I see this (laughs) until I see this movie. So that will be unfortunate, but less screen time, which is good, I guess.
0: And I did mention the review embargo is being lifted on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, So when we when we wake up tomorrow and we get like 50 reviews of the Batman that come pouring in, what's the Rotten Tomatoes score going to look like?
1: That's another good point. We should be, we should say that we're recording this on Sunday.
0: Yes. Great point, Ricky Flicks. Yes, because this will drop Tuesday. So, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score will be when we wake up tomorrow?
1: What, how many reviews are we going to say first? I guess twenty. You say like
0: there's, I was going to say like maybe 50, 50 reviews. 50. Okay. 89. Wow. I'm going
1: 96.
0: <laughs> wow. 96%.
1: You think everyone's going to love it?
0: Yes, I do. I I do you, deep down Do you know it like
1: go ahead? Do you know the Dark Knight's Rotten Tomato? 94%. It is a 94 So you're saying it's gonna be above the Dark Knight?
0: Uh in terms of critic score, yes, wow. I think so. That uh IMDB might thing. be a little different because the Dark Knight IMDB has a 9.0 out of 10, yeah. one of the highest rated of all time. I was gonna say, is that like but Rotten highest? Tomato approval score? Approval score with this Batman's going to um re-energize the character following uh, the lackluster performance of the Zack Snyder rendition of the character. Okay. Oh and his God. performance there. What?
1: How do we not mention this at the start? Zach Snyder. He got a goat hashtag attached um, to his name.
0: Yeah. We, we, we got to We got to take attention off Snyder for this one. We got to <laughs> okay, take okay, attention okay. off Snyder for this one. But this how is all about is Matt Reeves's vision, but yes, that is crazy. But I mean, that, that's, that's like, I don't know. I think if any director was going to get that on Twitter, it was going to be Zack Snyder, right? So it's it's because of the movements regarding Snyder's films on Twitter, they like highlight movie talk, you know? You're and right. it's and he is like I don't know if like you would put the word goat next to him based on like his filmography, but you have such cult fandom and then you have such uh constant chatter regarding him even though the last time he made a DC eu movie was 2017 technically right, right? Yeah. but he yeah. still dominates right He still he still is the uh the lightning rod for attention right very polarizing figure on social media
1: yeah and i know we talked about the oscars like that latest oscar with the uh the fan poll or whatever he, he's the one that like everyone's doing for army of the dead that's like in the lead i guess well i,
0: I have my own beefs with that right is it, isn't all the cinderella movie like Leading yeah. the um the yeah. uh, this this Oscar Twitter fan poll it right was, now.
1: It was that or Army of the Dead. Like, I know Cinderella wasn't the lead, but nobody Spider-Man talks no Spider Man No Way Home me. I think
0: was second. Oh, i Spider Man No Way Home was second. But like the Cinderella one, I don't get it. Who was it? Camilo Cabello that yeah. starred in that one. Mm-hmm. Never got a chance to see it, and no I don't one, one I talks
1: it. about it. I don't understand how it's the most talked about movie on social media right now when I have seen nothing about it. Maybe
0: Camila Cab- Cabello. Like, right, has this like fandom similar to a Lady Gaga where people just like worship her almost like what people do with Zack Snyder, like they have okay. their own cult following. And uh, you talked about like the hashtags per day. You can have up to 20 hashtags or 20 tweets regarding whoever you think should win this, uh, I right. mean, Oscars award, quote unquote, quote you know? unquote.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I guess another thing we should talk about is how are we going to do the next episode? Are we doing like dropping an episode just for the Batman, like review, just a soul review this week?
0: i man i think we do just do a double drop this week
1: yeah so like we just drop one i guess thursday right that's when first day people can see it public
0: yes so we'll do a non-spoiler and spoiler all right for those who uh haven't seen the movie they want to get our initial thoughts on our instant reactions we'll we'll make sure we put that out there but then also in the second half go deep into spoilers because this is a movie that we're going to want to talk in depth. I could see this like being a record time for our podcast because this could be a three hour epic, right? We might there might even be a director's cut, like a la Zack Snyder's Justice League of this Drive In podcast episode.
1: It's, it's gonna, gonna be cut, that long. Matter cut like four years later, four years after the Batman, you get the Drive In Pod Batman review part two.
0: Speaking of like director's choices, do, what do you think about um, my addition to the podcast? Every time I say an episode number, I throw. A, about a famous or an athlete that wore the number of the episode what do you think about that touch i put on
1: well we're at number 78 so we're at like offensive linemen (laughs) like we're right past all the prime numbers like or uh, i shouldn't say prime because there's uh i mean like well-known numbers you know number 10 you think all the best soccer players were number 10 or like, you know, yep. what I mean? that's what I'm trying to say. Not prime, like prime numbers like the math. I'm just, but, um,
0: I was, I was too late to like, think of doing this. And now you're right. It's going to be all offensive linemen. Wide receivers the in shelf. the 80s? Yes. And we got hockey players with later 90s. numbers too here. But, but we don't, once, I only. once a hundred 20, hits, you're done. Yeah. Right. I only have 22 more picks to go. And then I got to think of a different shtick.
1: Yeah. That's going to be tough.
0: I don't think it's something. All right. uh, Let's get to the checkup really quick. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. so a few headlines here, Ricky Flicks. Nothing super major. I do want to talk about some of the castings that have gone on uh, that we haven't discussed regarding Christopher Nolan's upcoming movie Oppenheimer. All right. So we have Alden Ehrenreich and David Dasmal Sheehan. Joining, right, this already eclectic cast that includes Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer. Image was released, a still of him as Oppenheimer as production is ramping up for that movie. We also have Robert Downey Jr. We have Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Betty Safdie, Josh Hartnett, Dana Hahn, Jack and Matthew Modine. Oh, my God. What a cast, right? It was a mouthful. That was all in one breath. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, I guess the natural question, right, we have to play our favorite game, scientist or not.
1: Scientist or not. So
0: Ald, Alden Air Reich and David Dasmal That's what we'll do here. So Aaron Reich, scientist or not? No. I say no. And you know what my prediction is? No. Soldier. Soldier. You mm. <laughs> might be the one of the guys who drops the bomb. Okay. That's and a good one. Uh, David David Sheehan, scientist or not?
1: That's a tough one. I'm going to go no because I think a lot of these other people will be.
0: I'm going to say Dasmal Sheehan is a scientist he's got like that really nerdy and then like, yeah I, I he's got that, just like a
1: weirdo look to him you know but he's so also a weirdo things. as in it could be a soldier that's kind of messed up in the head too
0: yeah i mean you go um, yeah so that would give a little variety there with alden Ehrenreich, who's like this all-american looking dude played han solo right looks like the prototypical american hero you think of like the best generation world war ii the greatest generation world war ii mm-hmm. and then david desmal which will be the uh Maybe the person that was drafted that had no intention of ever going to fight in this war.
1: Mm-hmm. I might want to take uh, the scientist.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going scientist, but I do want to say Matt Damon, I'm going to say, no, I don't think we ever talked about him in this movie. I think he's going to be a general, a general that's helping mm-hmm. out with uh, what's happening with the, uh, of the creation of the atom bomb. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to say I
1: don't know. I, won't, I don't know if I'll say general, but I could see general now. That's a good one. I, this cast, like Matthew Modine, that's sci- the most obvious scientist. Stranger your things. Group. Yeah, this is the most obvious, right? And he's also like when the band played on, like he's only played scientists.
0: Yeah. So Josh and I was gonna say Josh Hartnett definitely gonna be a soldier based on his Jack uh, prior filmography. Jack Quaid um young guys you might say soldier might be too young to be a scientist
1: but he's like so skinny and quirky and i don't know like
0: i could see him like getting coffee for all the other scientists Mm, intern (laughs) intern intern i like that we'll do intern there um but this movie coming out in 2023 this has got to be up there with your most anticipated now maybe alongside dune part two
1: even if it wasn't like a all-star cast like it is it's a no one movie so for me yes it's just by the name alone and who's behind it of course and then you get the still we got of killian murphy looking stone cold like that was amazing to see and that was like nothing so it looked you know skinnier a little bone more bony and mm-hmm. i like he looked like an older tommy shelby like a- about to be retired and <laughs> different uh, type Bruno of hat down. different type of hat yep so the cigarette no matter what it was going to be very anticipated, but now we got a still, we got more members of the cast coming out. This is the non superhero wise biggest movie of 2023, and, and it's, it's a summer a, blockbuster.
0: Yes, and it's got that black and white still. And there's been news that's going to be it's going to be in IMAX in black and white. I think the first movie to do that. Yes, if I can, uh, if I read the tweet I, correctly. I believe so.
1: Unless light, yeah, Lighthouse wasn't right. Or it was.
0: Um, I don't know what's with the IMAX camera, though. It's the only thing. Oh, right. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. So, uh, to so obviously, maximalist like type of shooting of film. So, that's like Christopher Nolan's, that's a shtick. You know, that's what he does. Bigger the movie, the better. Uh, Speaking of, like, most anticip- we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, like, oh, the Batman, like, most anticipated movie, like, since when? Like, T- Tenet, arguably, was up there for me, along with Dune. Like, the last time I was so pumped to go to a theater. Tenet is uh, good. The, 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 the theater experience wasn't as um, as awesome as I was expecting, though, for Tenant, Not going to lie. did not come have, up to the hype. It was
1: so loud, and they, t- they mumbled their words and talked so softly. You couldn't understand what the bangs happening all the time. Just very tough to understand in the IMAX theater for Tenant.
0: Yes, it's not as enjoyable as it was all hyped up to be.
1: Dolby, right? that, it was awesome in Dolby, though. The Dolby yes, cinema.
0: Yes, you, you you will die on that hill. You will die on that hill. Uh Let's go on to another part of the checkup here. Quentin Tarantino. He's jumping into the TV game here. This was really shocking. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is in early talks to direct one or two episodes of Justified, City, uh, Primeval. Uh, it's That's going to be on FX. It's a limited series that sees the return of Timothy Oliphant, who starred in Justified, uh, as
1: U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens.
0: So, Ricky, how shocked were you to see that Tarantino is jumping into the TV game here?
1: I was completely shocked. I was
0: Blindsided,
1: Yeah, very blindsided, And he's still young. He's not even 60 yet. He's very young. He's only doing one more feature film. So maybe he's going to start doing these type of things. That's like my That was my first uh, thought. But then also you see, oh, Timothy Oliphant's coming back. Loved. I love Timothy Oliphant and The Mandalorian. And also a little bit Book of Boba Fett. Spoiler there. But also, like, Timothy Oliphant and Tarantino together. That's awesome.
0: It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, we reunited there. I know he didn't get a ton of screen time in that one. But he was good when he did get that screen time. So now Tarantino could do his cowboy, wild west things with Tim- Timothy here. Go crazy! I um, I will watch.
0: I can't believe I'm about to re- I'm about to watch the entire Justified series just to watch two episodes of this. Do script. you have
1: to watch the entire <laughs> Justified series though?
0: I don't know. I think I'm I going to watch these
1: episodes and that's it because I've never seen Justified
0: well in, like this is really interesting because obviously Tarantino has talked about like if he wanted to do Bounty Law right that fake that fake show that came from once upon a time in Hollywood I that DiCaprio that. stars like as Cliff as a uh, rick dalton right uh so it's interesting that he wanted to make a spin-off there had ideas about it now he's jumping to a western spin-off limited series right about a timothy oliphant character that has gotten a lot of love it seems like it has a big cult following and seems like a lot of people actually really do adore that show mm-hmm. and uh it's a good catch for fx and fx seems like they're on the come up right now they get the partnership with hulu and they also have this upcoming series uh we had a trailer this week with Andrew Garfield and Daisy Edgar Jones. Yes. Right? What, and what's the title of this one, Ricky Flex? Do you have it on you?
1: Hmm, no, I don't. But it's okay, something. I, wish, I didn't
0: something, write it down, hmm. but it looks like a prequel to True Detective. That's a it, little, it, it's the same aesthetic.
1: Yeah, I tweeted that. True Detective vibes. Very cool. Serial killer. Like, like, as in Garfield being a detective trying to find a serial killer or whatever. Love this. I, I cannot wait. I'm, I was shocked to see Garfield doing this. Like, did you know about this? I did not know uh, about this. I had heard
0: about it. I was shocked when I heard that he's doing a show on cable. Like he's coming yeah. off like, like a, why? a Oscar nomination here and a potential win for Tick, Tick, Boom. It's It just shows Spider-Man. you it's, we, we live in a different age of movie star, right? People are unafraid to do TV now, right? And if if people are attracted to a role right? They're going to go do it. And then, and he knows this isn't just going to be on cable. It's going to be on Hulu. It's going to be on streaming. It seems like, uh, actors aren't as picky, uh, regarding TV or movies, but rather just look for the juicier role. And this does look juicy, right? And Garfield is not, hasn't really played this type of character before. And it's, I like like the variety that he's going with right now, going from Jonathan Larson to going to a like Woody Harrelson slash Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey hybrid for this, Show that takes place in the Midwest, right, under the banner of Heaven.
1: Yeah, and I'm just looking at his IMDb. He's actually going to be in another TV series after this. He's what going to be um, Bride's Head Revisited, and this cast doctor is absurd. It's him, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Ralph Fiennes, and that's it that I know. But we got to
0: figure out how to pronounce uh, Ray Fiennes, Ralph Ray Fiennes, because we always. This is like us and Barry Kogan. We will just never be on the same page in terms of the pronunciation.
1: And and I think Gal Gadot, Gadot, too. That one, too. I thought it was Gadot, but I heard Gadot recently. I'm like, I'm going Gadot. But now I'm like, I don't know anymore. Those are like the big ones. So we got those. Any others? Hmm. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, it seems like those are the main ones that we just will die on a hill. Once again, we're just not going to like. Go against like how we pronounce it. It's just how it is and whether you like it or not. And it could drive you insane, but we hope you keep listening. Uh, So, yeah. So Tarantino jumping to TV, moving on with the checkup here. James Mangold is going to direct a Buster Keaton biopic for 20th Century Studios. For those who don't know, Buster Keaton, right? Talking about early days of cinema, silent films, 1920s, right? One of the biggest stars on the planet at the time. And I wanted to just talk about Ricky Flex. What a fascination there is in Hollywood right now in terms of making movies about the beginnings of Hollywood. Like throughout recent history, uh, we've had uh, we had Mank from David Fincher uh, last year, two years ago now. We also have an upcoming Fred Astaire movie with Tom Holland. We got a Gene Kelly movie with Chris Evans, a Marilyn Monroe with Anna De Armas, and you got Babylon with Damien Chazelle. Like, why do why is Hollywood just so fascinated with early Hollywood right now? Why do they want to tell these stories?
1: Yeah, I think it's a few a few aspects. One, like Hollywood always loved Hollywood. We always got these movies, right? Just maybe not at this pace. Two, you're seeing superhero movies and these remakes happening. They're making a lot of money, so other people or the the industry is looking at, oh, those are doing well. We can go back to our own our own origins and remake that people will love to see that. And I think the third thing that I think is like the biggest one is 2012 or no. Yeah. 2012 Oscars. Best picture winner, the artist. I think that really started it all. Like I think that one silent movie about an actor and his prime comes back down, but then has a comeback story. And then on the other side, it's still, like on the other side, uh, the, the uh, lead actress, is on her way up in Hollywood, right? And that was in black and white. Like I said, no sound. It's back in the day. And that was really about Hollywood transforming from no sound to sound, like silent silent movies to sound. So that was about Hollywood, one best picture. And then now you see all these projects going about. So I think that was really the start of where the pace picked up as it it finally got recognized. Like a movie about Hollywood got recognized officially with a win at the Oscars
0: it seems like Hollywood's all just about trends you know whether it's like obviously the superhero trend that's been uh popping off ever since like the review of our our podcast today right with the dark knight it seems like that's the trend that has set at hollywood but there's also like like smaller trends Talk about the music biopic right that has a that's strong right now and then you have just a fascination with early hollywood i think people as we get farther and farther away like from the beginning of hollywood i think people like these artists right these directors producers they don't want people to forget what made Hollywood so great in the first place and they don't want people to kind of like lose sight of it and it seems like this is an opportunity for them to like share like the beginning of cinema with a younger audience right because I Buster Keaton when I hear that word I just think of a fake person I don't even think that person exists right but Buster Keaton I just think of like a, it just sounds like the name of a gangster that was like in a like godfather-esque film like you know from the 1970s of buster keaton but uh it's important that i I guess we know who these people are because they they were trailblazers right especially from the silent film into like the talkies right what's going on there so uh i don't know i i think it's just people have a passion for older films and they want people to just recognize right the trends that were set before it
1: yeah i just yeah and just taking advantage of the trends right now and that's a trend right now that people are taking advantage of and james bangle the great director is doing the same thing
0: right uh moving on with the checkup here i just want to talk about uh several oscar awards that aren't going to be presented live during the show seems like they're cutting down on the the show here uh less presenters trying to save some time maybe they want to just make it more concise right trying to make some slight changes to get the viewership ship up. So the Oscars that won't be presented this year include best sound, best editing, best original score, right? Best animated short, live action, short production, design, documentary short makeup and hairstyling. They're going to be presented one hour before the live tele- telecast even begins. Reiki Flux are disappointed by this news?
1: Very disappointed. Very. I, it takes away... A lot like obviously it takes away like these people and the recognition that they want and they deserve from for their great work in movies versus like it's like, obviously, there's priorities at the Oscars best picture, best lead support, a lead actor, whatever, right. But you're taking a, here, you're just taking away recognition for what actually makes the movie come together. And let alone, yes, the Oscars is way too long. The show kind of sucks. Last year was awful. Soderbergh never so do it unwatchable. again. Watchable. He cannot do the Oscars. By the way, I did watch Kimmy this weekend, <laughs> um, but uh, which wasn't as bad as the Oscars.
0: preparation for the Batman.
1: Yes, in preparation, but um, it makes sense on a logistical standpoint, but terrible for recognition and just like these people that deserve it. And also, original score sound. That was some of the more big. entertaining entertaining parts of the Oscars show. You get to like hear the sounds and the score, and then makeup and hairstyling like that was like that's fun to watch. It is fun to watch, and then. You also get, like, in these speeches, these people that aren't, like, stars in Hollywood, you just you lose magic moments. I think there's a couple of, like, clips that were tweeted out from some uh, people that have won these awards in the past, and there's some hilarious Oscar moments from these speeches. And you don't get those with, with the big stars, like Denzel or whoever, right? There's very, like, Joaquin Phoenix talking about cows or whatever he was talking about, cow milk. Like, that was just weird. Here, like, you get, like, viral moments, which are sweet, but now we're not going to get those.
0: I 100% agree. You're losing those moments where you have people shouting out their mom sitting somewhere in the upper deck, right? You're like, you don't like those over those winners that are overcome with emotion, and it just takes hold of them. And then it does create those moments. And then you're kind of robbing people of seeing those things. Like, I guess this cuts probably like forty-five minutes of the show, though. Yeah, that, that does make it shorter. I don't think that was the problem with the Oscars. I don't think the length was a huge deal last year. The huge thing for me was the setup of it all, like the Soderbergh part and the oh. order of awards and everything. It was really screwy, and I don't like how they kind of changed the whole vibe of the entire show. Uh, but this is also what I hate about it: they're taking away all of Dune's like
1: yes all, all potential
0: wins. Like, and- like I want, I want to see as like people saw Dune. Right, a lot of people saw Dune based on the box office numbers, based on HBO Max numbers. Yet, like sound editing, score, production design, makeup, hairstyling, these are Dune. These are Dune nominated potential wins, right, for the Oscars. And that's the movie that people have probably seen the most that was like uh, available. I should just say was available to them compared to these other movies. So I just found that uh, irritating because I want Dune to get as much love as possible on the big stage. And our boy Denny.
1: Well, when he makes his Oscar run for with doing part two and he's up there on the stage for best picture when he could just call, he'll remember this and call it out then. And that will go viral for sure. Um, I also will say, uh, last thing on this is that like indications, I remember like leading indicators for best picture. Editing is a big one. And that's announced before the Oscars even airs. Interesting they decided to do that. That's all that we'll is a on big that.
0: one. I feel like editing like that award picked up a lot of steam ever since bohemian rhapsody won i feel like no one really paid attention to it but it's such an egregious award given to bohemian rhapsody <laughs> that everyone now pays attention to like hey we gotta we, we like the academy can't be caught napping on the these movies, right? They got to actually watch all of them and look for the editing.
1: So, That's such a good point. That
0: that one, I think that award kind of shifted the tide for that one, and people are mm-hmm. just like, well, maybe this is really important because people are pretty pissed about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody getting a win right.
1: there. And like when it got announced, it's like, oh my god, does that have a best picture chance? Like it's going to win best lead actor, one best editing. but indicators are suggesting it has a chance. That was right. Yeah, man. Yeah,
0: but dude, Dune dune getting ripped dune is getting crapped on right yeah, no, they're getting no, annihilated yes no no denny for best director now that i'm gonna war uh they're not even gonna see uh dude accept any awards bs uh also ricky flex going on with the checkup there's gonna be a live action Beyblade movie right how bad is this movie going to be
1: <laughs> did you play but be-
0: be- you how, like how often were you playing Beyblades as a kid
1: no i i never i, I remember i uh for christmas we got Beyblades, and then we got Beyblade Stadium and we oh, tried yeah. it and it just never worked <laughs> yeah yeah when they collide it was yeah. sick but like it was like 10 seconds and it stopped
0: yeah and, but so like then- when, when when you ripped it like rip it like beyblade rip it like when you pull the thing it was pretty electric but you got to make sure if anything happened to that yellow pulley thing with like when right you ripped it if that, something happened to that like the, the, the toys ruined right and, and it was made so cheaply
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i definitely had of china just at the lowest possible cost but uh this reminds like i'm trying to think what's that rock and soccer movie steel uh with uh real steel that i'm thinking this is is that but without a major star
0: i think it's gonna be like it could look like detective pikachu but worse
1: oh that's a good one <laughs> so.
0: I, I, that's what i was kind of thinking and i also uh what i think of at Beyblade is actually a playstation one when we had it we actually had a video game for Beyblade. remember that
1: oh that was Maybe. actually kind of fun
0: you just had to hit x like really quick in order to just yeah. keep making sure you stay in, stay in the arena and then you hit like like the squ- uh, square button or circle i forgot what it was to knock them out right like, it, was, it, was, it was like offense and defense like that was what no, i think it was ps1 bro because the graphics in that were horrendous and I, I even realized that when i was only seven years old how bad they were
1: they Beyblade video game i don't know who got us that but actually a decent gift that was a good big, big gift. uh
0: last thing here i want to bring up freddie hetchinger has been cast as chameleon right the famous spider-man villain alongside aaron taylor johnson and russell crowe in craven the hunter uh ricky frick flicks are you familiar with freddie hetchinger at all
1: uh yeah only a little bit though um not too much i remember um he was in that show that just came out that white lotus white lotus that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. I don't know. I'm I else. Something else too. I gotta check.
0: I, I did see him in something else. Let me just type his name in. Yeah. But I, uh I,
1: but interesting. So chameleon, his half brother's craven now.
0: I don't know. Oh I my think, god, I think so. Now I'm thinking about it. Like I think his half brother's Spider-Man Raven. animated show. Yeah. Uh so I think
1: it, I'm pretty yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, so, I guess uh, that that's pretty cool, and so, uh, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. he looks pretty young. He was born in '99, dude. <laughs> he's younger than us. <laughs> he's like 22,
1: and he's pl- wow, good for him, huh?
0: That's incredible. I, he was in eighth grade. I'm looking here. He was in News of the World. He was in also Woman in the Window. Yikes! But everything else, pretty. Oh my good. god, he
1: was the uh, the guy that brought the groceries and stuff.
0: He was. He, his filmography is pretty good. That resume, like, kind of added up. At only twenty-two years old, it's pretty exciting. He's, been and he's playing flying under Spider the radar.
1: So he was good in White Lotus as like the kid. That he was pretty funny.
0: And the the premise of this like Craven movie, are they just is, is Chameleon going to be the villain, or is it someone that's going to be working with Craven? Like, how is that relationship going to work?
1: I think he's going to be the villain, probably, and like it'll be that origin like sibling rivalry type thing. Wow, and Chameleon's this, a good yeah. character. So for ha- having someone this young playing Chameleon is strange, very strange, but I could see it working.
0: Yeah, I like, and that that's a character that I think like strong like comic book fans of Spider-Man want to see on the big screen. Yes. Yeah, he has sure. like he has like a crime boss like vibe to him. He's yeah, like a to, Black
1: like, Mask mask. Uh, sorry, what's his name? In, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Black Mask. I was gonna yeah. say
0: that he's like the Black Mask of right the spider-man universe yeah right so see, I, I just have a hard time seeing him going toe-to-toe with an aaron taylor johnson but like the chameleon he's not a very physical type of villain no, no, at all no 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 it's more about obviously him being a chameleon and then like uh like him being sneaky and uh just dis- uh deceitful and then uh so uh, maybe they'll think fi- I- i'm sure they'll figure out a way to like i uh, i don't know like is this is that a strong enough villain i guess it has the brother like connection but like i i don't it's like craven is such a physical like character in terms of like beating beating people up that's who he is and he's strong
1: right. he's brawny yeah he's right. a savage so you're it's gonna mean- be an
0: interesting like it's like a they like combat one another right they go against like their styles you know as characters
1: yeah opposites attract i think it's fine and i think that for an origin story for the b level spider-man villain is perfect i think this is fine
0: all right I say we wrap up the checkup here, Ricky Flux, and then we go to our throwback review of The Dark Knight. What do you say? Yes, please. Let's get into The Dark Knight throwback review. All right, so The Dark Knight. Why are we doing this review? Well, we talk about the reviews coming out for the Batman, we're hearing whispers, right? That people are calling it a masterpiece. That we have found the next Batman, the next Batman for a generation with Robert Pattinson. We thought it'd be appropriate if we, so with all this hype around the Batman, right? Two years in the making, right? Even three years if you go back to Pattinson's casting of the char- uh, as the character. People have anticipated, and they have has such strong hopes and dreams for this film that they want it to live up to one of its predecessors being The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan, largely considered the greatest superhero movie of all time, one of the greatest flat-out movies of all time, featuring one of the greatest performances of all time. So we thought, since we're going to see The Batman this week, might as well compare it to the best of the best when it comes to the character. So we'll give you the Rotten Tomato score, we'll give you the IMDb, Uh, I'll give you the synopsis, although you guys already know (laughs) this movie. It's a throwback. But Rotten Tomato score, 94%. All right. Uh, Audience score, also 94%. I actually thought that was a little low as an audience Mm. score for The Dark Knight. Uh, IMDb has that 9.0 out of 10, as we previewed earlier on the pod. So the synopsis, when the menace known as the Joker wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham City, Batman must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. So The Dark Knight... Personally, this is my favorite movie of all time, right? This is my favorite movie. Uh, maybe the movie, I, 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 I'm not going to say maybe, it is the movie I've seen the most out of compared to any other film, right? I, I, I would strongly say I would see it at once every couple months, at least. And like, I have watched it twice this month. Right in preparation for the Batman, but Ricky Flex, why don't you take me back to two thousand eight? What was your life like? Okay, as you like, this is a summer blockbuster smash. What was the rumor mill going around? How old were you? What's happening?
1: Mm. Well, interesting enough, I saw this movie with you and her father and our other brother, Big Mike. How old and were you? I was eleven. Yeah, I was eleven, and. Mm we were like some of the only people in the theater because we were in the Bloomfield uh, Theater. I forget what it was called back then, but it now it's at AMC. But uh yeah, no one was there. And it was like a month. We, we saw it so late because I forget why, but we couldn't see it right away. But we saw it so late. And we saw it like right after your birthday or something. Or it was birthday. on my
0: birthday, Ricky yeah. Flex.
1: Thanks for remembering, good brother. <laughs> and the hype to the movie was The Joker, obviously. But people were like, I don't like this look of the Joker. I want, it's not that he has the purple suit, but the face and the makeup's weird. Like why so serious is very creepy, scary posters, right? You saw him in Walmart or wherever posters you saw just like, what is this? Like, this isn't the Joker that I know this isn't Jack Nicholson from 1989. You know, like this is just different. And Heath Ledger, 28 playing the Joker, like very weird. And he just had broke back mountain. Like, great actor but playing the joker that's where my head was at again i was very young so like social media like also in 08 like didn't exist so it's like i think get spoiled to anything i was going in didn't know anything except the trailer and batman begins obviously and boy it just knocked my socks off Knocked your socks off. Uh,
0: It was a beautiful thing going into a theater without like social media to spoil anything, to over market a certain movie. Uh, It was great to be a little naive uh, into what you were watching. Also being that young, right? I was 13. I saw from on my 13th birthday, uh, one of the best birthday presents I've ever gotten. Probably one of the most memorable movies I've ever seen in a theater. I think uh, at that time, I my friends, you're right, we saw it late, so my friends had seen it like two, three times, I remember them talking about, right after I saw it in theaters, I wanted to go again, at the time when when Batman Begins came out three years earlier, we did see that in theaters, it was a very different vibe to previous Batman movies, and people almost didn't know how to react to it, right, it's it's distancing itself from the Tim Burton movies, and the the, uh, Joel Schumacher movies, right, so it's It was something darker and it was something very grounded and somewhere where you didn't have people dressing so eccentrically. And like as these other villains like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and Mr. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was just a totally different vibe. And people were like, yeah, that was pretty good. Like people weren't over. I feel like it got pretty well received. It was well received, but like I'm talking, we were young when we saw it. It's not like people were had the buzz like after the Dark Knight. I feel like, of course, it felt like when the Dark Knight came out, that's when people like Christopher Nolan is legit. Like he is the guy now when it comes to blockbuster films. Because at that time, before Batman begins, right? right, A year later, he had the prestige, he had Memento, like he wasn't. Insomnia. What he, what he became who he is because of The Dark Knight. And it's probably one of the most discussed movies of all time. A lot of it uh, is due to Heath Ledger's performance, the hype surrounding the movie. Heath Ledger died before the movie even dropped. Okay, So it was, I believe, in February where he passed away. The movie came out in July. So it was – people were talking about the commitment that Ledger like, uh, took with the character, right? And what he put into it. And people are saying, "Wow, did this character drive him to his death?" right? Like to his uh his overuse of medication, right? Drug overdose, right? It seems like, man, like what are we in for with this movie and a completely different look for the Joker, obviously following up an iconic performance in itself from Jack Nicholson. So all I remember is it had a ton of hype compared to Batman Begins and all my friends that saw it multiple times before I got to see it once, but I still, they did I had good friends. They didn't spoil it for me. Fantastic
1: experience. So, uh,
0: when you walked out of the theater, like, what were your thoughts?
1: I think immediately it was like, wow, that like the, the Joker performance. Even as an 11 year old, you realized how good it was. Like that was just chilling. The performance like takes over. That's what you first think of when you think of the Dark Knight. I uh, right? Is that what you first think? It's gotta of? be. Yeah, it has the uh, Oscar winner like the death obviously of Heath Ledger. They, I think there's the credits like right after the movie goes black, they like say to Heath Ledger and everything like that as well, or R. P. So it's, or for Heath or something. But, uh, I mean, when you're walking in the theater, that's what you're thinking of. And afterwards, like, you're just thinking, like, I don't know, like, just that was amazing. You don't want, and you're just, you're thinking, like, am I overhyping it? Am I, was it really that good? Like, you don't want to, like, be like that guy that says after every movie they see in the theater, go back to the cool, uh, the office cooler and be like, I just saw the best movie of all time this weekend. <laughs> like you don't <laughs> yeah, want to be that's, that guy. That's,
0: that's me this Tuesday. Once we get out of the Batman,
1: but you, you don't want to be that guy, but guess what? This movie was like the one and only time you could actually say that.
0: Right. And I, I do have to say when I walked out of the theater, I was a bit confused. Like we were 11 and 13 at the time. I was mainly confused because I was like, and one, right. Like he came out on top in this movie. Right. And like, I I'd been so used to superhero movies where the good guy comes out on top, the bad guy falls. Right in this case, technically the bad guy wins in a, way. in a way. and Batman, right? As we know from the Dark Knight Rises, like he goes into a, he turns into a recluse and he turns into someone that is not comfortable going back into society and not, not donning the cape and cowl again. It was a moment where I was like just in a bit of shock, and I remember questioning my dad. I'm like dead like like batman technically took down the joker right is that what because that's like what we i learned from every comic book i read at the time and it's like uh, the batman the animated series where batman always puts away the villain at the end of the episode not so fast here but going into the movie ricky what makes this a movie that you turn on
1: time and time again right once a month a couple times a year besides obviously the performance that we just talked about from Heath ledger and that it's a superhero movie and the Batman. I think the two things that really make it like, wow, I got to watch this is because it's quotable. It has some amazing mm-hmm. quotes here. Amazing. Right. And then iconic scenes and very rewatchable. Like the scenes are so iconic, but they, they hit the, all the right beats and notes and not just what's going on and the the script and what the, the dialogue I should say but the music like Zimmer this is Zimmer's mm. be- at, his, at his best I, I kept so I was writing notes while watching this movie for the first time and the notes I just kept pulling up every like every scene I was going music 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 it never ever disappoints every single beat of the literal beat pun intended is amazing with Zimmer in this movie and the buildup or the fake buildup, the anticipation because of the music and with these montages, with so many different storylines going on at the same time. And the music's just bouncing back and forth with the story. It's incredible. I, I honest. And also with the dialogue, it's a masterclass. It's the, it's like, it might be the best work of music of all time.
0: The, the sound is incredible in this movie. The sound is like truly incredible. And then it really like and to go with like the pacing of the movie i think is pretty perfect uh there's no lulls in the music (laughs) it's just like it sets the tone for it it keeps it going uh i couldn't agree more uh what else makes it so rewatchable we talked about heath ledger's performance uh there's a comfortability with like the batman character he's just also just amazing to watch it's such a fascinating Mm -hmm. story and it's great to watch like him versus the joker like like this is like one of the most iconic heroes in the history of cinema with one of the arguably the greatest villain in the history of cinema and you want to watch that like cat and mouse game they played throughout this movie just repeatedly it's just so good um and it's not like a movie where it's like you're trying to find something new every time you watch it you're just accepting greatness as you watch it you know it's not like oh what can i find out you this have that time?
1: appreciation for it
0: Right. You just, you know, the lines that are coming, you know, the iconic scenes, right? The car chases, the motorcycle scenes, right? The, you got the, the, the trucks flipping, the action sequences are unbelievable as well. It hits every single note in this movie. Like there's not a major detraction I can think of for this movie. Um, You might have a couple, but I can't, there, there might, I have a couple of nitpicks, but this is as close as I can think of to a masterpiece. I think along with, uh, I know we, I don't think did we review There Will Be Blood? Did we do that one?
1: We did not, but we talked about it on the podcast. Talked about meetings. it in depth.
0: Cuz like like I think of There Will Be Blood, like that's a cinematic masterpiece. I also put The Dark Knight on that level, which is crazy cuz it's a superhero movie. It's a comfort film for a lot of people. It's a popcorn movie, but it also has themes that were so important at the time on domestic terrorism, invasion of privacy, all these things organized that were crime. so organized crime, corruption, right? Uh yeah, it's just it makes you It was set in a specific time, and it was perfect in that time. Two thousand eight, like terrorism, that was a massive fear in our country. Uh, And I think this movie was unafraid to tackle it, and it went to uh, into some themes that other superhero movies just had never even thought of doing. Right when you look back at like X Men, Spider Man, like they they didn't go into like X Men. You can make like a bunch of comparisons, like like how they like how how people outsiders are treated, right in terms of. minorities like being disrespected or uh, different groups of people that are being subjected to hate. So you kind of have that there, but the dark night just went deep. You know what I'm saying? And it's
1: at the end of the day, it's a superhero movie, but it's not. That's why I think it's so good and so impressive. He took Grounded. the superhero elements, right? You have a guy that's wearing a mask and a cape. Yep. That's a superhero. I don't care if he doesn't have superpowers. He's wearing a freaking costume, like yeah. You keep calling him a vigilante, but he is a superhero. And you have a guy wearing a purple suit with makeup on. Those are superhero elements. And then these, like, what happens? Obviously, like on the boat and bridges blowing up, hospitals, and him just getting away with it nonstop. And I'm in the modern era, is just you know just downright unbelievable. But it makes it so it works so well in this movie. And I think it's just because. You're just going along with the flows because of the sound, because of the editing and the quick uh, quick shots to all these different storylines that you're following. And it's just mm-hmm. interwoven together with all these different elements that you were saying with terrorism, organized crime, society dealing with these issues, right? Like even this, the storyline, I know some people don't like it, but I personally do with Gotham General or the hospitals. And at the same time with Coleman Reese on TV, he's going to reveal who the Batman is. I think that works to a team because that introduces you to what society is right now thinking. It's like people are desperate to get the Joker or at least save them, like their loved ones at the hospital. And they're showing you that there is the chaos is there. Anarchy that the Joker keeps saying throughout this movie. Yeah, the tensions are high, high. And then the, it basically is an intro to the boat scene, which is the climax of the movie. So, in all, I think it is a masterpiece. I do agree with you are there some nitpicks sure are there some things that i wish that he didn't no one didn't do in this movie yes particularly maybe with a third potential but he didn't know he was going to get a third movie he didn't even know that he was going to get a sequel and when i see he gets it's it was his choice it was basically like do you want to do one and after batman begins he wasn't planning on doing a sequel so he probably wasn't planning on doing a third movie anyways
0: Mm mm-hmm that's like a similar mentality that Matt Reeves has right now. He says he just wants to make one movie at a time and not think ahead. Although they have like, obviously there's tea, there's a, there's rumors out there there's a potential tease of the Joker at the end of the Batman. So technically it's definitely in the back. There's a tease mind. at the end
1: of Batman Begins.
0: Yes, it was, I, I like iconic tease, even though it's as simple as just showing a Joker card, but the hype that that provided was insanity, right? But it seems like The Dark Knight, it just ended in a way that you would have been okay if there wasn't a third movie. <laughs> like, I was just like, obviously, you want to see it, but like it was so complete and it had finality to it. And then, like, you obviously have to continue the story for people to find out, like, what Harvey Dent really did. Yeah. And you have some anticipation mm-hmm. for it and everything. And you want to see Batman come out on top but it was just such a masterfully written movie as well right and it it all goes back to that famous line you talk about quotable this movie is right you live you either die a hero you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and the ending of this movie like perfect perfectly encapsulates that quote you know
1: like at the end of batman begins like we were just talking about like when you're walking out of a theater right like i was expecting that was going to be only batman like i was not expecting a trilogy I, i i don't know i don't know if you were like, I was thinking, oh, that's a nice tease at the end that we'll never get. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. And I, I was only eight, so I knew nothing anyways. But in this one, it's like, oh, the Batman is a villain now? They can't end Christian Bale's Batman. Like, that is going to be another right. one. And the Joker, I don't think – I think that's one of my nitpicks of the movie. There is not finality with this movie. The Joker, what what are we, what are we doing? Like We go to the think, prison. Allegedly.
0: Well, like, the cops – the cops – picked him up he went to prison and yeah. that, that, that and that's like obviously sort of alluded to in the third movie just not by bringing up the Joker's yeah. name
1: he was in prison before earlier in the movie right but he planned to go yeah uh, he didn't yeah.
0: plan to yeah. go this time uh I mean we talk about the Joker a lot here uh what are your some of your other like favorite performances from this movie I know I have a few the supporting cast here is unbelievable and it it's kind of shocking also what makes this one of the greatest superhero movies of all time is the buy-in from all these like extraordinary actors these Oscar winners that are pitching in in minor roles cuz they believe in the vision for this new Batman and uh they believe in Christopher Nolan you got Michael Caine as Alfred you got Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox you got Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon like these small roles in the Batman universe that now have become iconic. And when we find people being cast for the next like Batman, right. With Jeffrey Wright. And uh, like, obviously being uh, the next commissioner, Gordon and Andy Serkis is the next Alfred. These roles became like not nearly as important as being cast as Batman or the Joker, but it was their highly regarded roles there's anticipation for people taking on these roles now that no one gave a crap about before like when you think about commissioner gordon and the burton films no one gave a crap but like there was meaningful parts for these characters they had their arts within the movie and uh i was, I was just curious your thoughts on the cast and who do you think uh, stood out here most
1: yeah i think that's you, you said that well like all the minor characters have their parts and their own storylines. That's what makes this so unique compared to the other Batman films. And like, even the prior Alfred, he was just there. Like he wasn't really too much of a sounding board. Like Michael Caine's Alfred, Michael Caine's Alfred. Remember after dark Knight rises, people wanted him to be nominated for an Oscar.
0: Yeah. So, well, people like, that was like the hype after the dark Knight. People are like wondering, like that was when like movie Twitter was starting to pop. That was the first time Twitter itself was starting to pop where it's like, okay. The superhero trend. that
1: an Iron Man that year
0: so, so well, yeah oh yeah with dark knight but it was um people were saying morgan freeman potentially as lucius fox kane like whoever's gonna play the villains could get an oscar nomination because of what Heath ledger did right so there was just an immense amount of hype to the batman films right it just took it to another level and it created and made this character even more iconic than what burton had did or it had or the comics had attributed to what like transpired on film right it does the dark knight meant so much right to cinema right so like like which i mean, aside from keith ledger here what's your favorite performance in the film
1: besides christian bale i'm guessing and I honestly, supporting yeah it's right. gonna be a maybe a hot take i think maggie jillin hall is really good wow i did not see that coming whatsoever it's re on this rewatch i'm like so katie holmes i looked into a little bit she couldn't do it she got invited back she couldn't do it she was uh doing something else
0: said no to like arguably the most important superhero movie yeah. of all time but
1: can you imagine katie holmes doing this instead of maggie gyllenhaal like maggie gyllenhaal is a better actress than her by right? in a lot right in a landslide right
0: I think she was awesome in this role. I, like, I agree with you. Like, she didn't cross my mind for being like, like her the best
1: supporting performance. Like the fundraising scene when she's like, "All right, stop right there, he, uh, Joker!" Like that scene. She was great in that scene, and throughout the movie, I thought she pulled it off. Now, to be dating or Maggie Joan Hall, like all due respect, like Bruce Wayne. Here we go. Here we like go. I, I'm not. I'm not I guess, I'm not gonna go there. But I don't know. I think that she was great in this movie. On this rewatch, she stuck out more to me than usual. And I think that you said some of the obvious, obvious like supporting because of their accolades, right? Michael King, Gary Ullman, Morgan Freeman, some of the greatest actors of all time. But I think Maggie Joan Hall really stuck out in this rewatch for me.
0: She has like a lot of fire in her performance here, right? She's unafraid until she's like face-to-face with the Joker. And then she definitely brings an emotional um, punch yeah punch emotional punch to this movie and a lot of the times Christopher Nolan movies what do they criticized for uh it's having a lack of emotion right and she does provide that in this movie and her death in this movie is all that more heartbreaking and uh that whole, I mean, that's one of the best sequences of the film. We're going to talk about best scenes, but the interrogation going, and then the music kicking in, and then going, Batman going to save what he thinks is Rachel, and then Gordon going to save what he thinks is Harvey Dent. Like, that whole sequence is, like, maybe the best 20 minutes of the movie. And then, obviously, the Joker escapes with his his hair whipping. But uh, in terms of, like, performances uh, Real quick, who was
1: better? Maggie Hall in this, or Maul in Inception? Whoa, what? Oh geez. Oh man, that's tough.
0: Maul had more of an important role than
1: But who was better?
0: Maggie Gyllenhaal. But I found Maul a little bit annoying compared to Maggie Gyllenhaal. So I would say Maggie Gyllenhaal was better than The Dark Knight. I
1: agree. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal was better.
0: Yeah. She she was awesome. Like 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 you like that that pick came out of left field. But like personally, uh the, the person for me where limited screen time, but every time they're on the screen, like it's they go they, like they went four for four with their scenes. It was Alfred. Alfred yeah. is insanely good in this movie. Uh, hearing like his role as like not the mentor, but obviously like the father figure for Bruce, who is obviously uh, really torn, has a lot of tough decisions to make in this movie, really leans on Alfred. Alfred, this entire movie with Michael Caine. His delivery is always on point, right? He sounds like the wisest man in the room. He could tell me to do anything, and I would just say, "Yes, you're right, Grandpa." Like it's just like whatever he said, I would the accent, buy. The
1: British accents are unfair,
0: and he is—he's uh, uh, the British accent, like the endure. Like what, what? should you do? Endure, Mister w- uh, Bruce, Mister. W- Some men just bear. want to watch the
1: world burn
0: yes just iconic quotes and then they obviously have tells the story of the man in burma like obviously burning the whole village down as a metaphor to what the joker is doing to gotham city like his storytelling in this movie is also unbelievable uh and he is and his relationship obviously all talking about the emotion that's like the emotion in this movie he also has a close relationship with rachel right who obviously dies and then obviously has to deal with bruce facing he has uh bruce facing the death of rachel and then he obviously has the letter right that he has to hold on to uh, from Rachel, saying that she's going to marry Harvey Dent. Obviously, doesn't happen. But I just thought he was incredible. Uh, I want to highlight Aaron Eckhart. He is so good in this movie. He's probably like the no-name type of character compared to the rest of this cast. Doesn't have the accolades of like the Christian Bale, the Heath Ledger, uh, doesn't uh, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman. Like, he's just Aaron Aaron Eckhart. But what I loved about Aaron Eckhart in this movie is how, I guess, his character is so uh, similar to the comic book's rendition of the character, Uh, and specifically with The Long Halloween. As I was rewatching it, I've read The Long Halloween graphic novel novel a couple times. I've watched, like, the animated movie, seeing his, his relationship work with the Batman, right? He's supposed to be the white knight. Batman does all the dirty work. So like obviously Harvey Dent and him can just team up and take down these criminals. And it works for a little bit, but it also shows like Aaron Eckhart in this pr- performance does a great job in showing he's hell bent on trying to cleanse Gotham and it ends up doing him in, and it actually hurts his loved ones too. So I thought he was incredible here.
1: He was. And he's like, young. Know- blue eyes, blonde hair, like white, like he's like the white, like white, I'm sorry, not white, uh, golden knight. What is it? No white knight. That's what they said. Right. Yeah. White knight. Yeah, white knight. He's the white knight. He looks the part. Like he looks like the, like the classic lawyer, like rich lawyer. That's like very confident and arrogant. Right. And in the comics, like face does not, look, or Harvey Dent does not look like that, but here, mm-hmm. they really want to push you saying this guy is flashy. He's outgoing. He's good looking. Right. He's like I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? He has that swagger about him. He he has the punching. Perfect in the scene. It was a perfect casting. He did. Thank you for smoking. Right before this, he was a lobbyist of, and a very good one in that movie. And that that's I still think this is better. But thank you for smoking. It's an unbelievable movie and performance by him in that. But you can just mm-hmm. see him in that. It's like that's Harvey Dent. Like that perfect casting. Not just the look. It's the quintessential
0: but. Harvey Dent now. Like now, it's got to make you think. And we're going to talk about predictions. Like obviously, like who's going to be the next Harvey Dent in this new uh, Batman trilogy? That right?
1: was one of my uh, like storylines. It's like
0: yeah, you need we'll, a we'll get Dent. to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Ricky Flex, uh, I really and I want to talk about his scene at the end. Is so incredible. Right with the gun to commissioners Gordon's family, like to to his son's head. And he says, like "We, we try to be decent men in an indecent time. Like it's just like when he goes on that whole soliloquy to the Batman. And then Batman's like, because you were the best of us. It was just like the, the back and forth they have and that at the end there is so underrated. But it's just, a, it, it, people don't talk about it as much because the Joker's not included and it takes place right at the end of the film. It's just like, it's a forgotten scene, but it's incredible the back and forth between these characters. And that was uh, obviously like Bruce started to see like earlier on in the movie, Harvey potentially descending into madness and being this hell bent character then having that culmination at the end. Eckhart hit it out of the park. Perfect. Um, Okay. Favorite scenes of the film. I feel like we just got to list a few off. Like, what, do you have a quintessential favorite scene or you, you have a top three? What do you got?
1: I think the obvious one here is, is the, uh, the intro, the first scene. It might be the best, best opening scene of all time in a movie. To start a movie with a bank robbery in itself is amazing because bank robberies is similar to like true crime. It's like they're addicting those movies like they always hit right mm-hmm. so that the music again was amazing in that and i will say a big thing is like you see the purple suit standing with a holding a clown mask on the sidewalk but you don't see the joker's face until the end of the scene that anticipation what? to see the joker is it's 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 so vital to the movie but like you're getting that intro to the Joker where it's like he is a killer, stone cold killer and a ruthless person, like worse than anybody. But then he's also hilarious. And he has that like com- comedy humor to his game, too, which is hilarious.
0: It's an all time like character reveal. Right. When you think about like Anthony Hopkins being carted out in. Silence of the Lambs, and you have like the bank robbery face reveal for the Joker. Like, those are iconic, iconic reveals. And seeing like this rendition of the Joker that looked nothing, nothing like Jack Nicholson's rendition of the character looks like obviously you got like face, like someone, Heath Ledger applying the makeup himself and showing how it's so amateur. And this is not going to be like, the campy Batman Joker rivalry that we've seen like on screen before. This is going to be something totally different. And that's what makes this movie. Uh, it was, it was such a like a jolt of energy in the cinemas because wow, like who knew you could do something like this with the Joker and like play him as this like terrorist? It was a perfect character for the perfect time, right? When, when we were concerned about obviously domestic terrorism. It was just it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing to see. It was just, it It was, it, it's the look of the character that also makes the movie so, like, uh, so rewatchable. Just because, like, wow, like, when is the, I feel like, because we then we kind of had Jared Leto go back to, <laughs> like, that flashy looking Joker, similar to, like, a Jack Nicholson, but also, like, a modernized take on it a little yeah. bit. It doesn't necessarily work. It's like the look was so iconic. We just associate Joker look. Before. We just associate that look. It's like, that's got to be the way he
1: walks, his mannerisms, the tongue when he's like, has a knife to somebody's like uh, lips, right. Like doing the quick uh, tongue thing. Like uh, what was it? gobbled of fire. Whoever that, that villain was there, like the quick tongue out. Um, But yeah, just unbelievable. Like the hospital, like blow up when he did the improvisation, like saying like, Oh, that didn't blow up. Right. And like Heath Ledger just like improvising and uh, hitting the, Mm -hmm. whatever it's called uh, the detonator. And then it just blows up the rest like that's the Joker. And that wasn't a part of the script or anything. So he nailed it. And I think um, just to sum up that scene perfectly was like the ending because like, you see the bus drive away and it's in the line of buses. Right. And the Joker yep. later on to, Aaron, to Harvey Dent in the hospital goes like, you think I'm like, I'm not like that. I'm not organized. Like, you think I plan on doing everything? Yeah, he does. He is a genius. Like he, everything is so to a T. He is a master planner. like yeah. So that's just BS.
0: And then there's that whole mystery regarding the background of the character. People have made assumptions that this person is probably like a former Navy SEAL or has like <laughs> uh, some other type of background where they just, they, I mean, they're a master strategist. Like the people just had to make assumptions about the character because of his actions. And it's just, it's that aura around him that also makes him so iconic. Like who, who the hell is this person? No alias, no nothing. No you get a name full of, introduction. He carries knives reason. on him. And that's just so rare in a comic book movie, right? And where the villain still works. Uh, other, my favorite scene has got to be the interrogation, right? The whole sequence, I guess. I'll, I said before, the interrogation, the one-on-one with the Batman and the Joker. Uh, they're finally face-to-face having a conversation for the first time in a locked room. Uh, Batman, obviously, like the reveal of the Joker as like kidnapped or had people, had uh, Harvey Dent and Rachel kidnapped. Seeing the emotion on Batman's face, him just absolutely taking Joker to town, right? Going crazy. on him, smashing his head against the glass, putting the chair underneath the door so no one could go in. That's where you're like, oh shoot, it's going, it's getting real. He might kill him right now. And then i uh, seeing like the craziness of the Joker, but also implementing the comedy where he says like, never start with the head. When he slams his head down, it just shows like, like Ledger was in his bag. He was in his bag there. He was he had become the character completely. And like Ledger, you don't even recognize him. You can you don't know that's Heath Ledger until you read, like, un- unless like you were told previously. It's not like you have like the facial recognition. Okay, when Christian Bale's obviously playing Bruce Wayne, you can tell it's him. You cannot tell that is Heath Ledger. He is lost in the character and uh seeing him with Batman, like asking like, where are they? And like, like his hair flailing back. And then the music picks in. All right. And then obviously we have like introduction, introduction to pretty much the third act of the movie afterwards. It's uh that's by far my favorite scene in the movie. And that's in a scene in a, in a movie that's chock full of, of, of absolutely electric moments.
1: So. Yeah. There's so many great scenes. That one though, like you, you said, like Heath Ledger was in his back. Like <laughs> insane. That's, that I wrote down, like taking notes about this movie, rewatch. I was like, Oscar confirmed. That's the scene that's like, yep, check mark. And it's like, oh, the old good cop, bad cop routine. <laughs> like, not exactly. <laughs> pretty good. Lights flash on. Like, that's like, we're getting on. And then, yeah. like you said, like, when Batman grabbed the chair, it's like, he grabbed the chair. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, like WWE no. WWE style. Yeah, but just um, to lock the door. And then he's racing against Ullman, Commissioner Gordon, to see who can get to the door first. Who
0: but, are you uh, going after? Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: sure. but uh, yeah. No, but, yeah, that scene's unbelievable. And then I think, just like, like I said, the Oscar confirmed. That was just acting at its best. Like, that is yeah. an insane... Like, I don't even know how you act like that because he showed such a wide range, but also control because like he had the humor element while also being like, like there's a scene where like, like, sorry, part of that scene where like Batman is like pulverizing him and like, like literally beating him to a pulp. And then it's like nothing you can do all that yeah. strength. It does nothing. And like the bat, like yeah. you could see on the Batman's face, like I cannot beat this guy. Like, he literally yeah. is ahead of me and everything I do. He's way too smart, and it doesn't matter how smart I am or whatever. Like, this guy is just unbeatable, and it's proven in the end.
0: Right. It, it seemed like he it, – like, it was a buildup for the Batman, the frustration. Like, all he had worked on, and Batman begins to try and cleanse Gotham, and then here comes the Joker just to screw everything up. But it seems like every rewatchable scene here, all best moments circle around – the joker right so it's yeah. like it's just shows the power he holds in this movie so like obviously another rewatch like best scene, like a uh, nominee here is the entire like uh the dinner the dinner party scene like the fundraiser where he <laughs> is obviously like he's alfred sees him for the first time and he's absolutely taken aback and then him obviously sticking out the like the the tongue you know with this little shtick that he does where he's constantly licking the corner of his mouth and then he said how do you get these scars to rachel you see that the pure fear in her and the batman come face to face with the joker for the first time so it's now, uh go ahead
1: that fundraiser scene like the the fact like that's why i love bruce wayne this is this fundraiser because like it's obviously the dinner with a yep. Harvey and the Russian ballet dancer, uh, ballet, whatever you call them. Um, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> one fundraiser with my friends, you'll never need another cent. And then like the fundraiser, he comes fashionably late from a helicopter to his own penthouse with not one, not two, but three supermodel uh, dates. Like literally his arms wrapped around and with, a, with yeah. another one on the side. Like, biggest flex of all time. And then he does that cocky speech saying, I believe in Aurita. Like, he is just flexing on people the entire movie. And all for the Playboy look, just like you see in the comics. I absolutely loved it. And, by the way, I wrote, also wrote down Bruce Wayne's hair in this. Remarkable. On point. Yeah.
0: On point. And it seems like he was, like, a, the billionaire Playboy side of Bruce Wayne. He plays it so well. He did well. It's interesting because, like, from what we've seen from the Batman, we don't—I can't really see that happening with Pattinson in this movie. Like, if it's going to be—if it does happen—it's going to—it's uh, going to take me by surprise if I end up seeing. That, that. was another
1: storyline I had is uh because this Pattinson, uh, these trailers and everything—it's like he just looks like uh, he's just depressed. Clearly, like something tragic happened in his life, and he's still young Bruce Wayne, right? You do not see a Playboy vibe at all in this. So, my one of my storylines is: Do we see him at all? like doing anything similar to what we see like bruce wayne in the comics like drinking at eight o'clock in the morning or fake drinking at eight o'clock yep. in the morning right
0: who knows maybe, maybe he'll develop that towards the end of the movie and notices mm-hmm. he has to live a, he can't be the same person all the time right if it's going to live this uh this he's going to have this alter ego so i mean i guess if you had to pick a favorite scene which one is it dude are you going with like, you, are you saying the beginning? Are you saying the interrogation? Are you saying it's the fundraiser? Is it the Joker intro at the beginning where he walks into the mob? Uh, the, 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 That's the, a good the, one. The pencil all magic the, all trick. Those mo- yeah, I think that one is arguably the best because like that re- it was also kind of a, like the full purple suit reveal at the time. And also just like how, what a whack job this dude is and how he is smarter than everybody in the room.
1: If you're good at something, never do it for free. Great piece of advice.
0: So quotable. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with the interrogation room. That's my pick.
1: I think you have to have one with Batman and the Joker in it. So I will take back my first take with the first scene. And I think then, I think the best scene then would be the interrogation. It's um, amazing.
0: Yeah. There's so many rewatchable scenes. The pacing is incredible. Like we talked about rewatchable it is, but also, uh, I want to talk about nitpicks. Like for me, you've already said it's a masterpiece. I agree. What are some nitpicks you have for the film uh, that you kind of look back on as you rewatch and it kind of grinds your gears a little bit and wish they, uh, maybe Nolan did something
1: different? Yeah. Like, I think first off in every single Christopher Nolan movie, he is my favorite director. We share the same birthday. I love. I had to add that. Had to. Um, love like how he has just crazy plots, unexpected. Like that's why like, even for a superhero movie where you like, it's based off of comics like adapted from you still like don't want to get spoiled anything because it could just change like this movie that does not follow the comics strictly has homages to it but not strictly so I love that but there are like parts you're just like dude like that like you could like the Aaron uh, Harvey Dent killings you didn't have to do like the Batman doesn't have to say like put him on me you just say oh the Joker did it like what are we doing here like what?
0: But the but the Joker was already in custody at that point.
1: No, but those killings were not like that night. It was like during the day.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I and see the what prior, you're saying, like yeah. the prior day, like there was so. Yeah, many... I, I see what you're saying. And anyways, no one's gonna say, "Oh, that's impossible." The Joker couldn't have done it. He's clearly has shown that he could do anything. So you could oh, that's all you have to do, or just say like anything, literally anything else. So that's like, I think the biggest one for me where it's like, that makes no sense. Literally no sense why the Batman has to take the fall except that it completes the arcs of the quote. That's saying, the thing. You live long enough to become the villain. That's literally the only reason why it's there. But at the end of the day, it's like, you didn't have to do that. In real life, that wouldn't happen.
0: He didn't have to do it, but I did like the ending just because it matched up with like that quote that was prevalent in just, it was in the, the DNA of this movie. So it's like, it made sense. To me, but also, like, you didn't have to do it. I agree. And uh, one of the nitpicks I had personally is uh, the technology is not really explained in this movie it's how it right. works at all. Yeah. Like, like, the, like, where obviously you have Morgan Freeman's Lucius Fox, like that device at the end. Obviously, it's a take on right the Patriot Act and like invasion of privacy, listening into people's phone calls and things like that, where he's able to trace like all the phones in the city. I just don't understand how Bruce built this. Right? How did he develop this? How did this like actually happen? It was just like oh, it was in his
1: spare time, developed like, sonar technology. Look what we
0: have! Look, look at it! Like this must have taken him forever to build, and we never really got a hint of it other than the fact that you said it's sonar. It's like a submarine, Mister Wayne. It's like all of a sudden you had this huge device, and like where the hell did this come from? If Lucius Fox didn't make it, um, and then also uh, in terms of suspending belief a little bit, what makes these movies so? This movie so good? How grounded it is yet I don't love how he brings Lao and he, he basically kidnaps him and brings him mm. from Asia all the way back to Gotham City it's very and talks weird. about a doorstep. Like, I thought that was like, I had to suspend like, belief to a point where I just thought it was kind of absurd. So
1: that's another one I was going to say. And how many times in a Batman movie does he leave Gotham City? Like he is the right. protector of Gotham. He is not the like, obviously like Lao connected to Gotham, but I don't care how rich you are or like whatever. I think it was clever and it was cool. Like the Hong Kong died, like the, whatever you call it, like whatever, like when he attacked the Hong Kong people, right? Security. But it's like, at the end of the day, like this isn't Gotham, this is not what you want. You want to see the corrupt cesspool yeah. of a city and him defending it. That's what you want yeah. to see. Not in Hong Kong, not with Lao he's very good at calculations. Like you don't want to see it there.
0: Yeah. Uh, to me, like that was not very... Well done, and it's it's not. It's not. It's. It's also showing kind of the creative, um, creative control that Nolan had, because like this is obviously an original story, right, of Batman, but also is loyal to like the comic book lore of a lot of these characters. Sometimes when he goes outside of Gotham City, that's where it's like you have like the 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 batman purists that are just like hey this is not really what we're signing up for right here we're here to see him fighting in gotham city and it's getting a little too large scale when you just kind of yes like uh uh, almost like make it more like uh uh concise and just leave it in gotham city right that's what people that's what fans want to see that's where you start to lose people and
1: that's why the batman is such like a great character is because he's not like other superheroes he doesn't make those like large things that obviously justice league a little different there but the reason why he's there is to protect gotham not because he has superpowers he's doing it because no one else can do it and right. he has to be assigned for the city not for the world like captain america it, he was do it for world yeah. war ii right and then yeah so it's a little different I didn't like that but also back to your technology one a big one for me was like so obviously like he kind of had to do it to pinpoint where the joker was but once you have that then why is lucius fox still in his ear and they know where the Joker is. They know which floor. Why are they doing sonar? And the only reason I could come up with is when he's in the building and he's one-on-one with the Joker, he still has it on. Like, dude, he's right in front of you, number one. You don't need it. And two, it like discombobulates. I don't even get, get that.
0: I think they and did it, it for the camera.
1: No, 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 no. They did it so the Joker could have an evil playing field on the fight because when he's discombobulated and he can't see, the Joker pushes him off to the balcony and pins him down. So that's literally the only reason why it's still on. Why would that still be on if he's right in front of you? Like what? Yeah.
0: I, 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 it just, that made no sense to me either. Like he's like, it's just, you're making it harder for yourself. Batman. <laughs> like You're making it way too. Difficult. You found him. You did everything you had to do with
1: the technology. Like, now get rid of it. Like
0: you're literally blinding yourself when you're supposed to be fighting this guy. You've been wanting to take down the entire movie and the dogs are biting you nonstop again, but <laughs> the dogs,
1: we were talking about nitpicks. And one of the reasons I love Nolan though, is the little details. The little details, like the dogs. The dogs, the first scene of the movie, or like one of the first scenes in the movie, one of the last scenes in the movie. Full circle, right? The knife wounds, like he has to give a new suit because of the dogs and knives. What's consistently throughout the movie, the Joker trying to like hit him with knives, and then dogs at the end. Just full circle. Every little thing matters in a one movie. Such good screenwriting. I love Nolan. I love his movies. Keep making them. We just said a lot of nitpicks, but at the end of the day, this is a masterpiece. Right.
0: Uh, So you want to throw out a score? Want to throw out a score here for uh, The Dark Knight?
1: It would be a 99 out of 100 for me.
0: Wow. Holy crap. 99. I'm going to go with a 90. I I had 98 circled. I can't believe you are ahead of me with this movie. (laughs) Uh, I went in 98. The nit- the nitpicks and the technology kind of get at me a little bit. And uh, some of the uh, obviously separating from the comic book lore a little bit in terms of like how they are treating Batman. But overall, obviously, masterpiece, masterpiece. Uh, so one thing I want to address before we get to our last segment, at Ricky Flicks, there's a lot of talk about how good this first iteration from Matt Reeves is going to be. A lot of whispers online. So. What does Matt Reeves as the Batman need to accomplish or need to do in order to match the dark Knight or even exceed it?
1: Match or exceed. I don't know. Doctor. It's first gotta be good. Gotta be good. (laughs) These (laughs) interwoven storylines gotta be good. That's the bare minimum for it to even have a chance, but the Batman Robert Pattinson needs to be good. I think he will be. It's the villain. And supporting characters. Okay. The reason why the Dark Knight is so good is because of all those elements I just said the supporting characters, a great story, great script, dialogue. But the supporting characters were unbelievable Michael kane Morgan Freeman, Gary Yeoman, Maggie, Maggie Joel, and Hall. But also, it has an Oscar winning performance in the movie that is the heart and soul of it. And will this movie have that? Nope. The Batman? You claim that it might, but it might be from the <laughs> Batman. Does Paul Dano have that in his bag? You're goddamn right. I think he has it in his bag, but to be to the level of Heath Ledger, I don't think so. So do I think it'll happen? No. And it won't be because I don't think Paul Dana will be amazing. I don't think because Robert Pattinson won't be amazing, or Zoe Kravitz, or Andy Circus and Jeffrey Wright. You have the talent there, Colin Farrell. You have the talent, and you have it's what seems to be like a great movie in the making, but do you have that level? to get above get that like impact from the supporting characters and an Oscar performance. And I don't think it has an Oscar performance in here, but you never know.
0: I, I agree. It's, it's got no chance to surpass it. We just like gave our scores and then we consider this movie a masterpiece. And if you want, it's, it's nearly impossible to be a masterpiece, but what I think Matt Reeves can do uh, to make his Batman iteration right, potentially at the same level or maybe provide something different than that Dark Knight already gave us is make Gotham City a central character of the movie. Because uh, we talked about the Dark Knight. We talked about how he's not always in Gotham, but also Gotham City in the Dark Knight trilogy just looks like Chicago. It doesn't really look like the Gotham City like that is set like, like a Tim Burton Gotham City where it's clearly there's no place in the world that is like this place and from like the stills that we've seen and the trailer that we've gotten, it truly seems like an evil, evil place. And a lot of these things are taking place at night. It's really going to capture the aesthetic. I think this Never is where sun. Nolan, yeah. And it just seems like Nolan's tr- like trilogy didn't really capitalize on creating that type of environment that Reeves looks like he, it has built right. And he as like set with the audience and with the iconic score already from Michael Giacchino it seems like it seems like he can do something with Gotham City that we really haven't seen before right and that I, i'm really excited to see that so that's like what i'm given hope for but as you said before Heath Ledger, you're not like he is this movie and there's no way you're going to have a a performance that tops it. You're going to need a formidable performance by Paul Dano, not just formidable. You're going to need an excellent performance to even rival the Dark Knight. Yes. And uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, we have high hopes for this upcoming movie.
1: Most anticipated movie of the year.
0: So any final thoughts before we wrap up this throwback review?
1: I guess my final thoughts was kind of going on what we were just saying with uh, comparing to the, the new movie coming out. Another nitpick I have is that I just really don't like the Batman's face in the dark night. It looks like puffed up. Ooh. The cheeks look puffed up. I don't like the look of it. And obviously the voice, the Batman here, Robert Pattinson, he has the jawline and he has a better voice in my a Batman voice in my opinion than Christian Bale. So that has that going for it. So you can't get, I don't think it could match or surpass the dark Knight, but you could get like your bonuses. Like you are just talking about Gotham, making it more of a got a real Gotham, right. Make it more to the comics and to us, what we want like to see unrecognizable
0: to any other location right. in the world. Do like what you Gotham.
1: can to make yourself unique, make yourself yours, your movie, Matt Reeves, your Batman, and maybe a couple things here and there that are better. That isn't an Oscar winning performance. That's really hard to accomplish. That's kind of out of your hands for the most part, but get like the gotham part let's get the look down let's get its own distinct view of it just like in the city just like the look of the batman and i'll have a chance to come very close to it
0: yeah he's gonna do his best and i know he's put everything into it uh so that's gonna do it for our review of the dark knight we will now move on to our 10 bold predictions for the batman All right, the Batman. Ten bold predictions from Ricky Flicks and Doctor O. We're gonna go one for one when we do this. We're talking storylines, what we expect to see. It could be big or small. Um, any questions before we start the segment, Ricky Flicks, or how this is gonna work?
1: Yeah, predictions, storylines. You know, um, we again, we're just talking about the anticipation for this movie. It's out of this world, and how connected, how to the comics, how direct will this movie be to the comics? That is the biggest question and we're here to kind of just figure out yay or nay to some of the key things that happen happened (laughs) in the comics and the Batman.
0: I'm excited to like do this. We're going to see this movie this week and compare like our predictions like what, what can we say? What can we check off? Right? What can we draw a line through? So this is like the fun part of a comic book movie and having familiarity with a franchise that we're able to like I guess almost assume certain things about characters when they'll be revealed. That's like the beauty of the Batman. Right. And they're going to see like these different takes on these characters. How will Reeves differ from previous iterations? Let's get going. What do you say?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. Ricky flex. Why don't you lead off and give us your first prediction
1: for the Batman first prediction. I'll go with
0: it's no, tough. there will not no, be a
1: Har- there will not be a Harvey Dent in this movie
0: okay so there won't be Harvey Dent in this movie I had a similar prediction here you want to go into it a little bit
1: yeah what do you what do you have
0: so in my opinion I think they're gonna hint at Harvey Dent in this movie they might say his name but they you will to. not right. see Harvey Dent at in this movie. My prediction is that they allude to him similar to how they're probably going to allude to the Joker at the end of this movie, all right? But I think that Harvey Dent will actually make his first appearance in this Batverse in either the Gotham City PD series or the Penguin spinoff series that it's in the works. That is the first time we'll see Harvey Dent, but it won't be in the Batman.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to allude to it because of what this Batman is looking like of what this movie is looking like. So they'll definitely mention his name, but there's going to be no courtroom scenes. There'll be a funeral scene like we saw, and there'll be scenes inside of Gotham PD, uh, the police department there, but nothing in the courtroom, nothing like that. I always, I don't think, unless like Riddler, you see him go to court, and then we get a chance to see Harvey Dent there as the lead prosecutor for the city. But I don't know. I, In my opinion, my prediction, no visual of Harvey Dent.
0: No visual of Harvey Dent. I like. I'm really like, intrigued by him like in a penguin spinoff series or a gotham city police department series i think he could really thrive in that scenario any person you have in mind to potentially play harvey dent
1: i think josh Brolin would be a great one
0: whoa, whoa.
1: he's a little i old think that's good old. he's a little bit on the older side but he looks like the comic book character a little bit um i think he'll be great but a little old
0: Little old very comic book heavy And his filmography as of late, obviously with cable yeah, and then Thanos, it. right? So and you could anticipate maybe makes cable, maybe he plays a second character in the Marvel cinematic universe with cable and the acquisition of Fox, Deadpool joining the MCU, right? It seems like he could be playing two characters. Uh I'm trying to think of someone that I would prefer to play. People, you know what people said? Cause uh obviously a lot of times we have people that were in contention to play the Batman a lot of times being cast in villainous roles who is in contention against Robert Pattinson for the Batman role Nicholas Holt imagine Nicholas Nicholas Holt potentially as a two-face that's pretty good a young younger uh young we talk about like the white knight golden boy seems like Nicholas Holt could pull off that character we've seen the dark like those those who wish me dead right uh that's that's the movie right firefighter movie Yeah. yeah yeah Right, So like him with the darker side there, I really liked him in that movie. So uh, I could see one. him as a villain. He's the right age. Um, all right. So that's the first prediction. Harvey Dent will be alluded to, but won't appear in the movie. It's now my turn. Okay. My first prediction for the Batman. Alfred Pennyworth will take down somebody one-on-one, at least one person in this movie. So Alfred Pennyworth, played by Andy Serkis, it seems like he is—he got fit for this role compared to like Michael Caine, who's very old, and Jeremy Irons, who never saw him in a fighting circumstance in the, any of the Snyder movies. So I think this, uh, Andy Serkis, Alfred—it seems like he has a background. I, in interviews, Andy Serkis has said this has this is going to be faithful to the comics in terms of. Alfred's background in terms of uh, I don't I don't know what exactly he did whether it be military service his military or...
1: service and he has uh, a tra- uh, like first aid training there
0: yeah so I think that then there's a show there's a Pennyworth show that like no one watches apparently <laughs> I, I was flipping through HBO Max like what the hell how does no one talk about this show whatsoever and uh, I felt like they kind of did did the character dirty by having them so uh, obscure <laughs> like like on such an obscure show but I think. Andy Serkis Alfred will take down a someone that maybe intrudes on Wayne Wayne in the Wayne Mansion or something like that. Obviously, there's been some indication that the Riddler might know who the Batman truly is, right? That might threaten Alfred, but I think we're gonna get a badass Alfred taking somebody down.
1: I like that prediction. Did not think of that. I have one, as one of my storylines is what type of Alfred will we get? It's a yeah, obviously a younger Alfred, right? Very much younger than the Tim Burton, Alfred, then Michael Kane like very, and Jeremy Irons, but also like what, what's his style. So you're saying physical. Jeremy yep. Irons was definitely technical working on a lot of the inventions and Michael Caine was kind of the therapist. <laughs> so, uh-huh. what therapist. <laughs> so what are we going to see? from So we're going to see from Andy circus. You're saying physical. I think it's more of therapy, therapeutic, But I do like it because it's a younger Batman, so a younger Alfred. So he probably still has uh, that military fight in his bag to use at his disposal at times. So I could see that. I like that prediction. Okay. Beaten path there.
0: So uh, let's go with your uh, next prediction for the Batman.
1: My next prediction for the Batman will be Riddler's end goal is to uncover the Court of Owls.
0: Ooh. So, Court of Owls, who are they?
1: Well, I think you're better equipped at answering this because you are obsessed with Court of Owls. You—it was your initial prediction or guess when we first were talking before a trailer even came out. So I think you're better equipped to actually talk about it uh, than myself.
0: So for the listeners who don't know, the Court of Owls, okay, um, has been explored in recent Batman comics. It's kind of like the Illuminati for Gotham City, where it's like this, like this, like it's like the highest class of individuals high status people in gotham are um basically organized regularly they wear these owl masks and everything like that and they kind of are the, the key to the corruption of gotham city and they have a uh, it's like or they are involved with every decision made with gotham city and then uh they I, I think it was, it's batman verse robin where the court of owls like the animated movie where the, where the court of owls have a um a large presence and And it's like Batman trying to take down the Court of Owls, obviously, because they're behind a lot of the organized crime that happens in Gotham City. Uh, So continue with your prediction. Any other analysis there, Ricky Flex?
1: So I I had this as another prediction here. Um, But the Riddler is, I I don't know how to say this, but he won't, there won't be like a, like, you know, we were just talking about Dark Knight and there's like a final battle between the Riddler and the Batman. I don't think there'll be a final battle between the Riddler and Batman. I think it'll be the Batman and someone else.
0: So because for this movie? For this movie. Wow. So you think the big, like a finale last, like 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 last final act, you think that Batman will be fighting someone else other than the Riddler?
1: Because I think he'll be in jail. And I think the first half of the movie will be like the Riddler, trying to capture the Riddler, a killer. And then when he's in jail, it's like he's going to visit him saying like, all right, what the heck were you doing? What should I be looking for? So it's like, he's not, they're not like a teamer at all. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, he gets them early on, but then his end goal with the main villain won't be the Riddler at the end. That's my prediction. That's another prediction, I guess. I'm yeah, sorry.
0: so you want to just add that to our prediction list? Like the final battle will not be with the Riddler. Yes. That's pretty good. There's, uh, you can hear um, Doc Senior. Over over the zoom right now. Uh so the final battle. I'm just typing it right now and looking how to phrase it. The final battle will not be the Riddler versus the Batman. It'll be Batman versus someone else. Correct. Uh all right. So back to back picks from Ricky Flex. I'm okay with it. Uh I love that. I think where I'm gonna go next. I'll go with another kind of uh interesting one off the beaten path. I think there's gonna be uh a Nirvana song played in this movie. I think it's not going to be something in the way. I think there's going to be okay. a different Nirvana song that will be uh, prevalent in this movie. I don't know if it's going to be, uh, smells like teen spirit in an actual like battle sequence with the Batman or it's like, Uh, him listening to the Nevermind album as a recluse and as someone who doesn't want to go out into into society. I'm talking about Bruce Wayne here. I think they've talked about, or I should say, Matt Reeves has talked about the influence of uh, Nirvana on this Bruce Wayne that I think he's just going to have one of the songs in the film. I think there will be a, and then like you think of the Dark Knight, like there's no music whatsoever other than the Hans Zimmer score. Can you like, I will I will in the uh, take think of music in Batman movies, think of Prince and Batman 1989. <laughs> so, Nirvana seemed like to fit the perfect vibe of this grungy type of Batman. I think there will be a Nirvana song other than something in the way in
1: this movie. That's an interesting take. I like you, I was gonna say, like, Dark Knight, there's no music except that club scene, and it's on it's like a, just a random just, like just beat. So, there's it's just all Zimmer. This one, I was not. I was not expecting a Nirvana song. Even if you said something in the way it would be played in this movie, I would say that's still, it's not a hot take, but that's a take. I, I, I would say no. So I like this prediction. Um, I wouldn't say it's like off the beaten path because it's such, it, it played so well on the trailer, right? So mm-hmm. it's definitely believable. Do I think it will happen? No, but now I do.
0: Yeah. And now, now I'm, 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 I, I really do think there's going to be some type of nirvana song here it's just it was too it was if the match was too perfect in the first trailer i think that it's just it's going to perfectly um encapsulate like this take on bruce wayne and batman from Mm -hmm. uh matt reese and robert pattinson so uh do you want me to do another prediction since you did back to back
1: yeah Uh, sure that's fine
0: so i want to go with another villain type of character i'm gonna predict that carmine valcone played by john totoro will die in Bruce and Batman's arms in this movie. All right. Maybe he doesn't, maybe Batman doesn't necessarily kill him. Maybe it's an accident, like accidentally, right? Like kills. And maybe the Riddler does, I don't know how he's going to die, but I think there's going to be a moment where he dies in Batman's arms. We saw, there was a clip that came out. I think it was on one of the late night talk shows of a very comic accurate scene where Carmine Falcone is with, uh oswald cobblepot right colin farrell's penguin he's addressing bruce wayne and he's telling like Oz oswald cobblepot that bruce wayne's father saved his life after he was shot in the chest and that's from the long halloween if anyone's read like the long halloween or seen the animated movie and during that time bruce wayne is actually watching carmine Falcone get stitched up by his father and it seems like There is some familiarity between these two characters and their past, right? The relationship between the Waynes and the Falcones organized crime versus these people have such a um, positive uh, reputation in Gotham City with the Waynes. I think there's going to be some type of relationship that will come full circle and Carmine Falcone will die in the hands of Batman. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And that's sh- in that short clip that was released, and he's talking about how he, he watched like uh, Bruce Wayne watched him get stitched up by Thomas Wayne there. He only said he got shot once, but in Long Halloween, he got shot not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. So that was interesting. A <laughs> uh, little different take there by Matt Reeves. Uh, that's a good prediction. I like that one as well.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you got next?
1: So, Dark Knight, a storyline that developed after Jim Gordon allegedly was killed was his family. And his family Ooh. obviously came in at the end of the final scene. I predict, there's like two predictions, but there's going to be one single one. So do not mark this as two. That Jim Gordon, his family will not be shown in this movie. And he will fight somebody in this movie.
0: Okay, so you think he's taking somebody down?
1: Yes. Batman Year One. They talked about how that uh, Matt Reeves... They talked about how that was an influence for this movie. Batman Year One, you're the one that mentioned it on this pod or reiterated that Batman Year One is also, he's like Batman's the main character, but Jim Gordon's kind of the main character as well. Like kind of supporting Mm -hmm. slash main as well. If you do screen time, it's pretty much even between him and the Batman. And in that movie, it shows like, I haven't had to take down a green beret in a while. And he just freaking beats down uh, Detective Flask or Officer Flask and Mm -hmm. just shows that he is a fighter and he is skilled and trained. Jeffrey Wright does not look like that. But I think this is too early on. He's still a captain. He's not commissioner. He will fight somebody in this movie.
0: Okay, I I, I like that. Or throw a punch. way. especially because yeah, we're not going to count the, the sucker punch from that clip from the Batman against him in the in the at the at the uh, police station. We're not going to count that as a fight, right? So we're we're not going to look at that as a teaser for you. Uh, so good pick. I like that you said like his family's not going to be involved because like that's more of a Batman year one story. That kind of story serves as a prequel to this film. This one's all about Bruce Wayne. We don't and, have time for a, a, that arc, I guess, with his family, him cheating on his wife, right? His pregnant yeah. wife at the time. It's, and Barbara it's Gordon, kind of, guess, like a, killing joke
1: vibes. Like that's way too late. Like it's just too early in his career. Like he probably he probably has like one kid here uh, from Batman year one. That's it. So let's not get involved with Batgirl and everything going on in the DCEU. Let's focus on this.
0: Okay, good prediction, Ricky Flex. I'm going to go next with our eighth prediction. I believe uh, we talked about the Court of Owls earlier. I believe that the Wayne family, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne, were a part of the Court of Owls. I'm going to say the Court of Owls exists, as you already talked about, and I'm going to say they were a part of the Court of Owls. And this is interesting because historically, we look at the um, the way that the Waynes are portrayed right they're looked at as like the heroes of gotham city the ones that were the philanthropists and like the the billionaires who tried to look after and do good for gotham city and we're going to talk about like what could matt reeves do to kind of like differentiate it's like his uh film from other batman films it's kind of you give a different backstory on the waynes and you say they maybe weren't exactly these knights that people like obviously um in saviors that people like said they were, and really they were wrongdoers. And uh, I think that's a way it could separate itself from previous iterations. I'm going to say the Waynes were, are, were a part of the court of owls.
1: Yeah. And like in the trailer, when the real, where there's like, Oh, you really don't know like to uh, Bruce Wayne. He's like, Oh, you really don't know your history or whatever he said. It's like kind of alluding to that, right. Or that possibility. And I think that's a great prediction. I do love that. Cause like, he's also in the trailer. The Riddler goes, you're a part of this too. So it's like, you're also a part of this because your parents were in the court of Owls. So I like the pick. I do think that's a great prediction as well.
0: All right. Uh, we're on to our final two predictions for the Batman. What do you got Ricky Flicks?
1: So I think there's an obvious one that we have to have on our top 10, but I'm going to save it as your picks. I think that you will mention it if I don't and I think that'll be a, f- a good last one to talk about and I think you know what I'm talking about here so I will go Catwoman and Robert Pattinson will not make out in this movie <laughs> there will so be Zoe so Crabbe's- much tension there there will be a lot of tension but they won't do it
0: I I think they will or it's just going to be Zoe Kravitz licking his mouth. <laughs> or, okay.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: But I, like, I, I would say I would say they, they're not going to have sex. I'll tell you that. Agreed. I agree <laughs> with that. But, but like, no. It, so Cat. Okay. So you're saying, so Catwoman won't make out with Batman. So what we do? Okay. So you think there's gonna be a lot of sexual attention, but nothing will be acted upon. Correct. So maybe it's just like that that distrust between the two, but they're also a sexual attraction between the two. And they see a lot of similarities with themselves. They view Gotham city very similarly. They just have different motivations and uh, I don't know they, they, they seem like they're certainly attracted to each other during this trailer. Oh, yeah. So I think it's a, a, it's a bold prediction. You think they don't make out
1: hot. Take. <laughs> it's a hot take.
0: All right. God, that is a hot take. I would say like we, a majority of people would disagree, but uh, we'll make sure that we we, ch- we hit the check boxes right after that. We watch the movie here um, to wrap up here. Uh, I think you are, you've told me like you're hinted at like what I need to bring up and you're keeping it as the last one. I assume we are talking about the Joker. Okay. Right. I assume we are talking about the Joker. I will say the Joker is hinted at towards the end of the movie, but will not be a post credit scene. That's what I'm going to say about the Joker. All right. I think Matt Reeves looks at post credit scenes and it's like, ah, this is more of like my masterpiece. I've put so much into it. Like it has like almost that that MCU type of element, which is obviously this movie is unlike anything the MCU has ever done. And uh, it's like Marvel's kind of shtick. I think they're going to show the Joker but it will not be in a post-credit scene towards the end of the movie.
1: Okay. So what are we thinking here? You're thinking, so during the movie, want going to
0: workshop this one.
1: So, yeah. So I agree that there will not be a post-credit scene in this movie. That was going to be another, like a prediction of mine. There's no post-credit scenes, um, but that's, didn't make the top 10 here. Um,
0: the Joker. So um, maybe we workshop it. The Joker has one scene in this movie towards the end, not a post-credit.
1: Cause like you've seen like uh, the rumors and flying around that Barry Kagan, Kogan, whatever is in this movie, and like he has the co- like the makeup, the costume design we worked with him on his specific person, so that brings that to that like assumption that he's in this movie. I was gonna go, hot take, it's all his scenes got cut. He's not in this movie.
0: Wow, I'm not doing that. I'm not working. Ch- he's in this movie, because they already said that. Man, we don't want to there. go hot
1: takes, bold
0: predictions here. uh I think I think we we're pretty bold with a lot of these. We're like we're we have a heavy emphasis on the court of vowels, and there's no way, like there's no indication that they even exist in this universe. But we sure. went heavy court of vowels, and you said that the boldest prediction here, you think the final battle is not going to be with the Riddler?
1: Yeah, all right, maybe I, <laughs> that's the boldest right. one. It is hot. It's hot take. I I I don't know. That's I kind of was thinking like this is like our hottest takes. Like, uh, this is like our hottest predictions. I don't know, but okay. Uh, So you you just, I mean, I think there's just too much buzz around it. I think that I think so. This movie is potentially the start of a trilogy here and to have just to throw the Joker in for only one scene takes away from what this movie is trying to accomplish and separating itself from all the rest of the other Batman universes. Let's set. I think Matt Reeves at the end of the day is going to be like, let's just save it for the next movie. Like, Let's set up this world, this Gotham City, this Batman, a young Batman that we've never uh, encountered before on the live uh, full feature film here, or live action. Let's set it up. So then we go Dark Knight. We'll do a sequel similar to the Dark Knight with the Joker.
0: Just have the movie stand on its own without using the Joker as like this clickbait. And this. Exactly. Like, uh, this like this moment where people are they, they say oh my god this is, like their takeaway at the end rather than the masterpiece that they just watched.
1: Correct. But if he is in this movie, like you're saying, I do think it will be like Batman going to interrogate the Riddler, and then they just do, he's like walking past, and like there's Barry kagan's Joker right there. And like, do you th- as a Do you animate.
0: think they show like his act? Do you think it's like it's gonna be like a shadow with this just showing the? Sm- I think it's gonna be like a shadow that just shows the smile on his face, and that's it.
1: Mm. I think they would give us. Uh, he would be in like a. I don't. I think he would be in like the like a, what, what, prison clothes uniform, yep. whatever you call it. But like he would have the makeup on. I think he would have the makeup on. I think they would show it way too big of a tease during the movie. It, it, because again, like if it, you show the Joker how are they during ch- the how movie, they- if you show the Joker during the movie, it's like you're thinking about that for the rest of the movie. You are. Yeah. You can't do that.
0: Like, you can't. It it, it won't be at the beginning. It will be towards the end. But it makes you think, like, what does this Joker look like? Like, is he going to have, like, the classic white makeup? Is he just going to be, like – I'm trying to think of, like, what – like, did he really drop in a a vat of acid, like, Mm. in this rendition? Or is he just going to be, like, an albino that has, like, scars on his face where he smiles? Like, what is the –
1: That's my prediction. I I don't think the acid will be in play here.
0: So you, But like, how will he have the makeup on? Maybe he's just going to prison. Like, how would he keep it all on? You know what I mean? That's like a, that's a tough, tough, tough way to handle like the actual look of the character and design.
1: Maybe he doesn't have the makeup on. But then again, like allegedly the makeup person worked with Barry Kagan Kogan here, like as noted in the script or the uh, the cast outline. So I don't know. It, it's again, we're just doing predictions here.
0: Maybe they haven't decided yet. That's why I think, like, maybe they. Do I think the scenes are cut.
1: I think the scenes are cut.
0: no way, no way. Disagree. I do have a bonus prediction here, Ricky Flicks. Mm. Bonus prediction: This movie will survive the March release into Oscar season next year and will be a contender.
1: You're not gonna, oh, contender for best picture. Everything. I was gonna say you're gonna stand back, uh, like uh, stand back with your uh, Pattinson prediction.
0: Yeah, he'll be he'll be in, he'll be in consideration. No, I'm what's your prediction?
1: Will you get nominated?
0: I can't pull back on it. You I have to go on, with I, like, it. I I, I, do, I have to. I don't like. I even my mind's telling me it's not going to happen. It was it was uh, unlikely in the first place. Now we're getting a March release. I think like this movie's gonna have such a cultural impact, right? It's gonna look be looked at as such a, uh, I mean, as like worth the hype, worth the hype in a like a only like batman is the type of superhero that you would consider for like oscar nominations like with the with the yes. um the Ground. non the grounded aspect right the non-superpower type of character okay so i think that it's going to last this basic basically 11 12, 11 month period be in the conversation next year in the oscars that's my that's my
1: bonus So, you think this is a better shot than the North Robert Eggers, the Northman, to be in the Oscars conversation? No. That comes out next month in April. I think they're both going to be in consideration. Wow. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Interesting, doctor.
0: I I would say, man, wait, I would say the Batman has a better chance at being in the mix next year when they have the nominations come out. But I'm not going to, I don't think the Northman will be ignored either. Okay. Batman has a better chance. Okay. Good to know uh any other bonus one you want to bring up Hmm.
1: so i i have another storyline related to the gap cat woman but i haven't decided my final prediction there yet and it's what's her end game because obviously she's a thief but the falcone implications like what does she want does she just want to know her mother's name or does she want to know more and i think if i would predict because like long halloween in case you don't know long halloween her goal was to find out what was her mom's name because obviously she because of her implications with Balcony being her father. I think it's more than that. I think it's far more than that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I also think that the car chase scene uh, with the Batmobile and uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Mm-hmm. I keep calling that instead of the penguin. <laughs> but I think that's going to go down as one of the greatest uh, car chase scenes in movie history.
1: I like that. Oh, the music yeah. and then the, the look of the upside down patents and Batman with the cape flying and the flames. It has so much potential. This movie, there. I was gonna say also like another prediction here. Uh, two things actually: the club scene much better than the Dark Knight, obviously. But will it be a contender with against John Wick's club fight club scene or the Terminator? Will that be a contender there, or are we talking about when he's in that like dark tunnel and all you can see is like the flashing guns and then him just beating up people through the gun light, the light from the gun? So like Darth Vader vibes there from Rogue Ooh. One. Like, I don't know. I, these fight scenes look incredible. I don't have any predictions with what would be better there. I just think that's a possibility for predictions. And could that be these action fight sequences? Could they be better than those movies that I uh, referred to?
0: That'd be insane. Like if they were these action sequences outdo like John Wick, yeah. that would be incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah David Leitch is okay at that. So probably not. So that's why I didn't make this list.
0: But the way it's shot is so incredible, too. I can't wait to see, like, Greg Frazier's cinematography here. It's yeah. going to be next level
1: uh, combined with the Giacchino
0: score and then, like, the violence of, like, Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> in this. It's going to be great. Uh, so that's our 10 predictions for the Batman. Should I read them off really quick or should we? Uh... Real
1: quick, real quick.
0: So first prediction here, uh, we say that Harvey Dent will be alluded to in the film, but we will not see Harvey Dent, okay? Potentially see him in a spinoff series for you, the Penguin or the Gotham City Police Department. Our next prediction, Alfred will take down somebody in a one-on-one combat type of fight. Our third prediction, Riddler's endgame will be to reveal the Court of Owls, okay, at the end of this movie. The final battle will not be with the, uh, the Riddler versus the Batman. It will not be the Riddler versus the Batman, according to Ricky Flick's. Next one, there will be a Nirvana song played at some point in this movie. Next, Carmine Falcone will die in the arms of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Next one, Jim Gordon's family will not be featured in this movie and he will fight and take down somebody in one-on-one combat. Next, the Waynes were a part of the Court of Owls if the Court of Owls do actually exist in this universe. Next, Catwoman won't make out with Batman. All right, hot take from Ricky Flex. And then finally, the Joker will be seen in one, one scene towards the end of this movie. And I'm just going to add to the fact it won't be full face, full full facial. Won't be full facial. No, it's weird to so. say. Moving on. Facial Lafleur, total yeah. facial. Uh, so those are our 10 predictions for the Batman. All right. And that's going to do it for episode 78 of the Drive In podcast. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen, whether it be on Spotify, SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen. Make sure you're following us on all our social channels, okay? Whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, at The Drive-In Pod. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, all right? This Bold Predictions segment will be on YouTube, so make sure you check that out as well, right? A lot of, like, funny facial expressions. You see me here, like, chugging out of a huge pitcher of water the entire time. So that's going to do it for Episode 78 of The Drive-In Podcast. Until next time, we will smell you.